0: We want to wish everybody a good morning again. Amen. Welcome to Army Bible Camp. My name is Dr. Isaac Olatunji. I am a religion and theology professor at Oakwood University, teaching this present truth messages to our beloved brothers and sisters down in sunny Huntsville, Alabama. And I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to thank the Army Bible staff for inviting me here. For this is truly a blessed honor to be able to be on this platform in this earth's history. And we're going to give you some fresh manner from heaven that will help you to better understand the word of God from a kingdom principle standpoint. But this is the title of my series. We'll be dealing with part one through four all the way to Sunday. This afternoon we'll be dealing with the issue of the kingdom, the two kingdoms in conflict, the two kingdoms in collision, to help you better understand the word of God. And as not only for yourself, but as you share it with other people, I believe this will really help in getting decisions for Jesus. Because when they understand whose kingdom they're under, and whose kingdom that need to be under, then I believe it can help us in gaining decisions for Christ and populate heaven and depopulate hell. What do you say out there? Amen. And with that, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and early and latter rain power. May words of knowledge and wisdom and prophecy go forth from your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to uplift to you the holy bible which is the inspired word of god and it's reliable in all matters of theology and all matters of practical living it holds the answer to everything and one thing we want to talk about in this section right here we want to talk about the nature of the what in order to understand the word of god you must understand its nature its essence and many things can be said about the word but one thing that i have seen over and over again that I believe can summarize everything that we're going to talk about today is found in the book of St. John chapter 1 where the Bible says in the beginning was the what word "Word, and the word was with God and the word what is God somebody say the word is God The Word is God. Now, when we say that, what we must understand is, is the nature of the Word. Now, in order to understand that the Word is God, let's talk about who God is. Amen? Now, is God love? God is love. Therefore, his Word is love. Even when he rebukes you, it's still love being manifested. Now, is it, can God lie? No. So, God is trustworthy. Therefore, the Word of God, the Bible, is trustworthy. Do you understand what we're talking about? Though it was written by imperfect men, we must understand it's a perfect message of God's love, and it's reliable. Therefore, you can put your whole life on it. What do you say out there? Now, let me ask you a question. Is God omnipotent? Yes. And if God is omnipotent, that means his word is omnipotent. That means when we read the word of God, we are receiving life-giving power from heaven. We're receiving omnipotent power whereby we can gain victory over sin. Amen? Now, is God omnipresent? Yes, if God is omnipresent, that means his word is what? Omnipresent, meaning that the word of God applies to everywhere in the whole entire world. Every culture is subject to the word of God. What do you say out there? So you can go to the furthest remote place of the world and be able to preach the word of God, and people will submit to the kingdom principles found in the word. Now, let me ask you this last question about the word. Is God omniscient? Is God all-knowing, all-wise? So if God is all-knowing and all-wise, therefore, the word of God is all-knowing and all-what? Or omniscient. Therefore, we need not lean unto our own what? We can lean on the B-I-B-L-E. For every answer you need, for every problem you have, you can go to the Bible and find an answer to it, even in 2010. The Bible will show you a principle through its commands, its promises, and even through some stories in the Bible. And you can find the answer to your problems. And brothers and sisters, when we understand that, the Word of God becomes a wonderful book and we can have a wonderful experience. I'm reading from a book called A Call to Stand Apart, page 69. A Call to Stand Apart, page 69. The Spirit of Prophecy says, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in the inspiration of the writings of Ellen G. White? Brothers and sisters, I want to let you know I am a firm believer in the Spirit of Prophecy. And I want to let you know this right here. When I first read the Spirit of Prophecy, I was a Baptist. I was not a Seventh Day Adventist. And when I read her writings, I knew from that point this woman had to have been inspired by God. And since then, I never had a problem with her writings. Amen. Amen. Ellen G. White says, "Quote the Bible, the who? Bible. It's God's. Now listen to this right. We're going to break this down. The Word of God is God's voice speaking who to us. Just excuse me. Oh wow, the Word of God. Oh." See, this is not my clicker, okay? (laughs) The Bible is God's voice speaking to us just as surely. Somebody said, just as surely. Oliver, it's just like somebody speaking to you. Watch this right here. Just as surely as we could hear it with our own what? So people are trying to say, I'm trying to hear a word from God. I wish an angel could come to me like he came to Abraham. Let me tell you, those days are over. Are you with me? Now, God can still come to you, but let me tell you this right here. If God came to you as often as he came to the people in the Bible, we may trust that angel more than we trust that word. Are you with me? So what God is doing is, is God says, I'm going to give you a better experience. I'm going to give you my written thoughts to you, the word. Because the Bible is nothing more than God in written form. He's expressing his thoughts in 66 books through different men through all ages of time that the word was written in. So when you pray for illumination and understanding, we are told that the Bible is as surely God's voice speaking to us as barely as we can hear it with our own ears. Therefore, if we realize this, you realize it now. Do you realize it now? That the Bible, when you open that word, When you open that word with a sincere desire to know what truth is, when you open that word to to hear a word, Lord, I need a word for this day in 2010, then what happens is is that God will start speaking to you. And let me tell you this right here. The Spirit of Prophecy says, if we realize this, with what awe, we would open God's word, and with what earnestness, somebody say earnestness, I mean, you're just eager, oh, I got to hear a word from Jesus today with what earnestness we would search its what? Because guess what? God wants to give you a word. And let me tell you, Ellen G. White says that God has messages for those who will listen. Amen. Watch this right here. The reading and the contemplation. You just can't read the word. You just can't skim over it. You, can't, you definitely can't speed read this word. As we read and contemplate, that means meditate, of the scriptures would be regarded As an audience with the infinite one. See, if I call the general conference president, I'm asking for an audience with the president. But you know, you got to go through a whole bunch of secretaries. Are you with me? And he may not even be, he may be somewhere across the other side of the world. But let me tell you this right here. The songwriter says, Jesus is on the main line. Do what? Tell him what you want. One songwriter says, call, collect, he'll accept. Tell him what you want. But you don't got to call, collect. You just call for free through prayer. And when you read the word, you have an audience with the infinite one, and the infinite one comes into your devotional chamber to speak to you the mysteries of his word. And when we understand that, the study of the Bible can become, as what Pastor Meyer said last night, sweet to our taste. Now watch this right here. This is the bombshell right here. The Bible shapes three things. When you spend that time on the word, when you spend that time seeking to hear God's voice, the Bible's gonna shape three things. As you read it, as you digest it, as you masticate it, as you allow the, 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 the spiritual um, peristalsis, are you with me, to start going through your system and allowing the Word to shape your life, the Word's gonna shape three things. Number one, the Word's gonna shape, number one, our what? Beliefs. So therefore, our belief system must be centered upon the Bible, am I right or wrong? Therefore, we reject same-sex marriage, amen? Am I right or wrong? We reject Sunday uh, sacredness. We reject the immortality of the soul. Why? Because Sister Wife says those will be the two great errors by which the world will be deceived by. And that's why we're also told that number those who have fortified the minds with the truths of the Bible will be able to stand to the last great conflict. And if you want your belief system to be shaped by the word, you're in the right place. Number two, the word of God shapes our of course, by default, our behavior. Because what we believe shapes our behavior. What you believe about God and what he requires of you will lead you to walk in a way that is in alignment with his word. What do you say out there? But not just that, your behavior, the word of God also shapes your worship. Hey, we're not just talking about when you sing and when we um, give praises to God. We're talking about what Paul says, presenting your bodies as a living what? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable what? Or your worship. Do you understand this right here? So the word of God shapes our beliefs and our what? Behavior and lastly, our what? Our worship. And when these three things happens, then there's an effect. Somebody say effect. If a big wind comes, that's a cause. Am I right or wrong? The effect is that your hair starts blowing. Are you with me, right? So what happens is when you read the word of God, there is a sacred effect that will take place in your life. Ellen G. White said again, she said that the word of God is surely as God's voice speaking to you as barely as you can hear it with your ears. And when you come to the word of God with an attitude to, to, um, to seek to do God's will, then your, your behavior, your, your, your excuse me your, um. The three things are same. Your beliefs, your behavior, and your worship is all shaped. Do you understand this right here? And not just that, the effect of the Bible. The first effect is your emotions will be what? That means you can't read the Bible and not get mad sometimes at the devil. Are you with me? Like, why do you have to do that? Then you get upset with yourself because you see how far you've gone from God. And, or you may cry and weep because you see that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten what? that who's ever believing in him should not perish but have everlasting what? Even though you know that you lost, but yet you realize you can still be saved, amen? So your emotions will be touched. Then your will will be challenged. Am I right or wrong? Your will will be challenged. That means that when you read that Bible, what happens is, is that, let's keep it real, by nature our wills are completely wicked. Do you understand this right here? But we got to surrender that will to the word of God. And when you read that word, the word's going to tell you there's some things you should be doing and there's some things you should not be doing. Your will will be challenged. But more than that, our hearts will be what? Convicted, amen? Your hearts will be what? That means God's going to convict you of righteousness, sin, and judgment to come. You're going to be convicted that the way you're going is not the right way, but at the same time, you'll be convicted to fall into the hands of the lovely Jesus. And not just that, our behavior patterns, hallelujah, will be what? So there's hope for the person in this room who has a, what man would call an incurable sin or incurable habit. There is no habit so deep-rooted to where it cannot be overcome. It's overcome by the reading of the word. And what did Jesus say? He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my what? Blood, you don't have eternal life within you. Then he said that the words I speak unto you, for they are spirit and they are life. Eating and drinking of the blood of Jesus and the flesh of Christ is by studying and imbibing his word. And when that happens, eternal life comes within you for the life of the flesh is in the what? In the blood. And when your blood, your spiritual blood is filled with the word of God, then your behavior patterns will do what? Change. And listen to this right here. Then our attitudes will be modified. Therefore, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Christians should be the most positive people upon the face of this earth. Am I right or wrong? But what happens is often the the opposite. We can be some of the most negative people. And what happens one of the most negative theologies that can ever be taught is is that we're going to keep sinning until Jesus comes. There's no hope. There's no power in a gospel like that. But when you understand that the Bible says I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, then your attitude will be modified to where you will have the attitude or the mind of Christ. And that mind of Christ does not sin. Amen? Now watch this right here. And last but not least, our characters will be what? Hold on, hold on. We're going to work work on that. Our characters will be what? Now what is the character? Testimonies, volume 5, page 310 says, your thoughts and your feelings combined make up your moral character. Whatever your thought processes are, will trigger with your feelings. Do you understand this right here? And those thoughts and feelings will be revealed in actions. Do you understand this right here? So when we're reading the word of God, watch this right here. We are being imbued. Somebody say imbued. We're being imbued with God's thoughts and his feelings. In other words, the character of Christ, amen? So when we're reading the word, our ad, our characters will be transformed and perfected. Somebody say perfected. That's a good, that's, that's a good word, Amen. Amen. That means we don't have to stay the same where we are. We can grow in perfection. Are you with me? To where, let's look at Matthew five 48. Let's look at Matthew five forty-eight right quick. I want to open to you some scriptures from the Word of God. Your characters will be transformed and perfected until the image of Christ. The Word of God, the end result of reading the Word of God is to lead us to perfection to where we can reflect the character of Christ. And we're told in Christ's object lessons that the last message of mercy will be a revelation of God's love. Or his character. So as we give the loud cry of the third angel's message, we're giving it in the spirit and love of Christ. Even though we're outlining the papacy and apostate Protestantism, but yet when people hear the word, even though we're calling sin by his right name, people will feel the character of Christ. They'll feel the love and will say, I want to join a church like that. Matthew five forty-eight. you need to know it by heart. The Bible says, be ye therefore what? Perfect. Even as your father which is in heaven is what? So, according to the Bible, character perfection is possible in this life. And we're told that all of God's biddings are enablings. And every command is a promise. So when you claim this promise to be perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, your character will be transformed and perfected into the image of Christ to where, as the Bible says, it will be Christ in you. Why? Why? Because the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when you have that Word within you, you have Christ living within you. Do you understand what I'm saying? To where you could be a better husband, amen? And you could be a loving wife, an obedient child, and a straight-A student. What do you say out there, Amen. amen. So what happens is is this right here. The word of God has a powerful effect on our lives. Let's look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Let's look at a couple of verses right here. Psalms 119. Another powerful memory verse. Are you enjoying this? I'm enjoying it because every time I read the Bible, I get encouraged. Even when God rebukes me, I still get encouraged. It lets me know there's still hope for my wicked self. What do you say out there? Psalms 119, verse 1 through 3 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, In the way. In Jesus, I am the what? Way. In the way of Christ, in the way of his word, who walk in the law or the Torah or the word of the whom? Lord. Verse 2 says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and they that seek him with the whole heart, for they also do no iniquity. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. They also do no what? because they walk in all of his ways. That is the effect of the reading of the word of God to where God wants to perfect you and give you victory to where you can reflect the character of Christ in a sin-cursed world. Now, the B-I-B-L-E is an acronym. Somebody say acronym. B-I-B-L-E means basic instructions before life eternal. Basic instructions before life eternal. Let me give you a second acronym. Basic instructions before leaving planet Earth. What do you say out there? Amen. So, life, LE can be life eternal or leaving planet Earth. What do you say out there? So, when you're giving somebody a Bible so you can do that acronym, amen, it'll make them laugh. Amen? Like, wow, is it, is it really basic instructions? Yes, it is. Ellen White says, this is from Messages to Young People, page 282. Get that book. That was the first book by Ellen White I ever wrote, read, read in my life. The best way, what way? To prevent the growth of evil in your life is to preoccupy the soil. Now, this afternoon, when we talk about the kingdoms in conflict, we're going to show you the number one enemy, public enemy number one, that the devil has used and will use against every person in this room, primarily the young people. And if you want to know what it is, come to our meeting at 4 o'clock. The greatest care and watchfulness is needed in cultivating the mind and Sowing therein the precious seeds of what kind of truth? That's right. The Lord in his great mercy has outlined, has revealed to us in the scriptures the rules of what kind of living? But Hollywood and entertainment gives you the rules of unholy living. Are you with me? And which one's going to take you to the kingdom? Amen? And we're going to talk about it. We're going, to, we're going to show you today how it's just really just messing people up, this entertainment industry, as we understand it from the word. Ellen White concludes that there is nothing more calculated. There's nothing more what? Calculus is from A Call to Stand Apart, page 69. There is nothing more calculated to energize your mind. If, you, if you're ever tired, just open that word. It will energize your mind. And to strengthen your intellect, and I'm telling my students at Oakwood, and I challenge you, before you read your lesson books, read the Bible first. Because God, through his prophet, says that the word will strengthen your intellect. So when you're reading that word, I don't know, I I can't explain it, I just believe it. What do you say out there? To where your intellect will be strengthened, to where when you go into calculus and geometry and, and all the arts and the sciences, I believe that God will help you to unlock those principles based on your study of the word. She says, no, straight from the intellect, then the study of the word of God. No other book is so potent to elevate your thoughts, to give vigor to the faculties as the broad and truths of the Bible. You see why the word of God is so important? If God's word were studied as it should be, men would have a breadth of mind. They wouldn't be narrow-minded in the wrong sense of the word a nobility of character, and a stability of what? Purpose, because you have some folk that are shifting like sand, but the word can make you stable. That are rarely seen in these times. The search for truth will reward the seeker at every turn, and each discovery, and let me tell you, just last week I was reading Isaiah 24, and God gave me a new discovery based upon truths that I've already studied. And what happens is that Sister White says that those who are walking in the light will receive even advanced light, which will not destroy the old, but it will build on to the old. And that comes when you study the word of God. She says the search for truth will reward the seeker at every turn, and each discovery will open up richer fields. Remember the hidden manner that Pastor Myers talked about? How the word is the field. Sister White says right here that each discovery will open richer fields for his investigation. That means that as long as you live, you will never be able to exhaust the powerful truths of the Bible. Now, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, the Bible talks about this word, but the Bible says, for all scripture is given by the word of God, the inspiration of God. Now, in the Greek, you may want to write this down. The Greek word for the word inspiration is the Greek word theonousos. Let's talk some Greek. Speak Greek for me, please. Theo, what? Neustos. So the word inspiration or all scripture is given by the theonustos of God. When it says that, it means God breathed. God what? Now, let's work with this right here. The Greek word for the word inspiration is theonustos, which means God what? That means that God breathed, not watch this right here, God breathed his wisdom and his power in this book right here. Did you hear what I just said? When it says that all Scripture is God-breathed, that means that God has breathed his wisdom and his power in the Scripture. So when God breathes on the word, you are to inhale his breath. You missed that. When God breathes on the word, when you read the word of God, God is breathing upon you his wisdom and his power. All you gotta do is inhale his breath and you receive his wisdom and his power to live the Christian life. Inspiration. The word of God is inspired, which is the process by which God fits one to be his messenger. It's in relation to Bible prophets. It's a process by which God fits one to be his messenger. And there's two schools of thought in the Christian world when it comes to inspiration. What kind of thought? Two. Number one is verbal inspiration. What kind of inspiration? It implies that the prophet or the Bible writer is merely a recording what? Transmitting mechanically and unerringly God's message. All that simply means is word for word dictation. They mean that every word that was there was the actual word that God wanted it to be. But there's a problem. Somebody say there's a problem. There's four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and who? Four different accounts of one person named Jesus. But what happens is simply as this right here, there's different variations in each gospel, but each gospel is written for a different audience. And not just that, brothers and sisters. Uh, with that right there, we will have some issues when we look at certain passages, but I'm going to show you the true way. The what way? But before we do that, I've got to take myself back. There is only one thing in the Bible that's verbally inspired which was word-for-word word dictation. Which would which, what do you think it is? The ten what? Because God wrote it with his own what? He didn't want no man putting what they thought the seven-day would be. What do you say out there? So God wrote that with his own finger. But we as seven-day Adventists believe in a thing called plenary. Somebody say plenary. Plenary or thought inspiration. What kind of inspiration? Thought inspiration where God inspires the prophet or the Bible writer, not his or her what? To where God provides the thoughts and the prophets in relaying the divine message use whatever literary capacity they what? Possess. So when God gives a vision, he gives a dream, he gives the thought. The prophet puts it in their own words, but what they write is still the word of God. What do you say out there? So what happens is simply as this right here. The word of God is thought inspired, not verbally inspired. Now, let's talk about revelation for a minute. Somebody say revelation. Revelation is simply the divine act that discloses information. The Bible is God's revelation to man. Am I right or wrong? So God has made a divine act to disclose to you some pertinent information as it relates to your soul's salvation. Am I telling the truth? Seven-day Adventists believe that this divinely revealed message or content is what? So we know the Pope ain't infallible, amen? We don't believe in papal infallibility. We believe in scripture infallibility in the 7th day Adventist church, amen, to where the word of God is infallible. It means it's not subject to error. That means you can trust it. Whatever you're looking for, God is going to be sure to surely give you truth in it. The truth of it is not only infallible, but it's what? That means it's authoritative. That means that whatever it says is truth. What do you say out there? There's no controversy with the word of God. The Bible says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my what? have therefore we can trust it now here's a word you need to understand you may not have heard this word before now this is where it gets good illumination somebody say illumination illumination we're not talking about illuminati okay we're not talking about that all right because god's people should be the true illuminati what do you say out there the enlightened ones illumination is this right here it is the ongoing work of the holy one spirit in the Christian person and community in assisting believers to interpret, understand, and what else? Obey Obey the what? The scriptures. That's what illumination is. It's the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in the Christian believer and in the Christian community to, number one, do what? Interpret. That means, brothers and sisters, that when you study the word of God, you got to come to the point to where you don't know anything. You understand this right here, right? Ellen White makes it very plain. We should put our, should put our preconceived opinions to the side. and come to the word of God with an open mind. When you do that, then the Holy Spirit can help you to do what? Interpret correctly. Then he will give you some under what? And then it will lead you to do the last part, which is the most important part, to obey the scriptures. Now let me show you how it works. Now, this is the holy what? The Holy Spirit works like a two-sided coin. The Holy Spirit works through a thing called inspiration. Am I right or wrong? To where he gives thought inspiration to the inspired writer. Do you see this right here? So God through the revelation of God, the Holy Spirit through the revelation of God gives inspiration to the Bible writer. Am I right or wrong? But the Bible writer is supposed to write it down. So when he writes it down, he writes a thing called the word of who? God knows, it's hard, kind of hard to see for some of you, but the word of God is written. Thank God, it's the first side of the coin. Now, on the flip side, the same Holy Spirit works through a thing called what? Illumination. And who does God illuminate? He illuminates you. Are you with me? That's the reason why, now we're going to show you this in a second, to where when you read the word of God, the same Holy Spirit that inspired the Bible writer, it's the same Holy Spirit that illuminates you to where God's going to give you some wisdom, understanding, and you will rightfully interpret the scriptures. What do you say out there? The Holy Spirit is the best PhD in theology the world will ever know. Whether you, have, whether you have read Greek or Hebrew or not, the Holy Spirit knows your language, English. Amen. Amen? Now, watch this right here. When the Holy Spirit illuminates you, you must understand that the study of the Word of God is a sacred and divine experience. Do you believe that? Therefore, before you open that Word, you have to pray for what first? First. Pray for illumination, amen? So when you come to the word, before you open it, and even the spirit of prophecy, you say, Lord, illuminate my mind as I read your word, amen? Amen. Therefore, you give God permission to come into your devotional life, your devotional chamber, your devotional time, and the Holy Spirit's gonna help you to rightfully understand that word. What do you say out there? And therefore, you'll have that audience with the infinite one as you are illuminated. And then the Holy Spirit will help you to do a thing called Hermeneutics. Somebody say hermeneutics. Hermeneutics Hermeneutics is this right here. It is the science, not just any kind of science. It's a divine science when you read the word. It is the science of interpreting literary what? Data. And let me tell you this right here. Hermeneutics is vital and key to Bible study. And the Holy Spirit, through his science, will help it to interpret his literary data, the Bible, correctly. Because you know there's a devil, amen? In the book Gospel Workers, I don't know the exact page, she says your attitude as you come to the word of God will determine who will be at your side when you're reading it. Let me say that one more time. She says that your attitude as you come to the word of God will determine the person who will be at your side when you're reading it. So therefore, you can't come to that word trying to justify your own way of action. Because that devil will come in and he'll throw something there. throw a monkey wrench in your theology. Are you with me? But when you come with awe, with a sincere desire to read this word, you will have angels that excel in knowledge and strength helping you to interpret the things of God. Now, there's two ways of doing hermeneutics. How many ways? You need to write these two words down. Number one, there's two ways of doing hermeneutics. The first one is called exegesis. Say, Say exegesis exegesis, which is getting the meaning out of the where. Other words, what is the text saying? Are you with me? And we are told in Desire of Ages that we should take the text of the word of God and pray and ask God to give us the very thought that he put in that word. That's exegesis. Getting the meaning out of the what? Text. Because if you don't do it that way, the other Jesus is going to come right now. It's called exegesis. Jesus, excuse me. Jesus. say Jesus. This is the other Jesus, are you with me? Jesus, which is putting your own meaning into the where? Text. Now, when we do a study of the Sabbath doctrine, the seventh day is the what? That's exegesis, that's what the Bible says. The Bible nowhere says first day, am I right or wrong? The issue is not what the Bible says, It's what people think the Bible means. Am I right or wrong? So exegesis will tell you that the seventh day is the what? Sabbath. But you just can't get it from that text. You have to go to the book of Mark where Jesus rose on the first day of the what? Week. And then the Bible also says the day before the first day of the week was the Sabbath. Meaning exegetically or exegesis using proper exegesis The Bible tells me that the seven-day Sabbath is the day before the first day of the week, which means that the seven-day is not any seven-day, amen? It's the seven-day of the what? Weekly cycle, which is still what? Saturday. So as we study with people about this issue of the Sabbath, you've got to be very careful because guess what people will do? They will put their own meaning into the What? They'll read the same scriptures, Genesis chapter 2, Revelation 1, verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And will get up on Sunday and say, today is the Lord's day. And they'll preach it, and they'll they'll preach with so much enthusiasm. Are you with me? But guess what? They're enthusiastically wrong. Are you with me? That's putting your own meaning into the text. Do you understand what we're talking about? So what happens is this right here. When the Holy Spirit illuminates you, he's going to give you proper what? Extra what? Jesus, but if you come to the word of God with the wrong frame of mind, guess what you will do? You will do a thing called what? And that's where all false doctrine and all fanatical ideas come from through an isogenical reading of the text. Do you understand this right here? And because of that, people's marriages and homes and lives have been destroyed because people not interpret the word of God the right way. Ellen White said, quote, It is the first and highest duty of every Rational what? To learn from the scriptures what is what. And we must understand this right here, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Truth is absolute, and it's never relative. We're living in a postmodern age where they're saying that truth is relative. What may be true for you may not be true for me. Oh, no. If that's the case in a terror, we shouldn't be prosecuting terrorists then. Because they think it's okay to terrorize people and run into buildings. You understand what I'm talking about? But guess what, this is running rampant in our educational systems in the world. And it's running rampant in some of our schools. To where I, I did a study on Harry Potter, I was showing them how Harry Potter's of the devil. We all know that, right? There are some postmodern thinkers saying it's okay to watch Harry Potter as long as you know the truth and try to justify, and it was so philosophical to where for one second I thought I was in error. Are you with me? But I have to rebuke that brother in the name of Jesus, amen? Sometimes you just got to rebuke him. Get thee behind me, Satan. Amen. You're to learn what is truth and then walk in the what? And then do what? That's the goal of Army Bible Camp, to learn what is what. But give you tools to how to arrive at truth and then encourage others to follow his example. We should day by day study the Bible what? Oh, my, my, my. You know, in the, in the world today, we got what's called thugs. What did I say? Thugs and gangsters, and people want to be a gangster. People want to be a thug, and they carry a black gun. Am I right or wrong, right? They got guns, right? If you're a thug, you got to have a gun, right? Sister White says you should study your Bible day by day. This Bible is sharper than any two-edged what? Well, in our day, it'd be sharper. It'd be more powerful than any gun. Are you? What color is my gun? My, my, my gun right here. This is my spiritual gun. What color is it? And when I take aim at sin, pow, are you with me? Adultery, pow, fornication, pow. Huh? Sabbath breaking, uh, are you with me? (laughs) Because I have thousands of bullets, are you with me, with 66 rounds of ammunition. What do you say out there? So when the devil comes to you, the Bible says, have the sword of the spirit, which is the word, to where you can aim at the devil and say, get thee behind me, Satan, and let Jesus pull the trigger. What do you say out there? Hallelujah. This word is powerful. So carry your Bible with pride. Are you with me? Yes. I'm raw for Jesus. I'm tough for Jesus. Amen. Let people see, let people see you reading your Bible at work on the marketplace. Are you with me? Or just put the Bible on the table. People walk by like, oh man, they see it. Are you with me? <laughs> Getting that word, but like, ooh, and be, 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 don't, don't be fake about it. Be, be real about it. Read it like it's the best book in the whole entire world, which it is. Amen? Amen. And you know what? God, through your silent witness, will bring others to the cross. She says we should day by day study the Bible diligently, weighing every what? That means we can't skim on the surface. And comparing Scripture with what? We're going to show you how to do that in a minute. With what kind of help? Through illumination, we are to form our opinions for who? That means no authority of men has any say-so on the Word of God when you realize that God's saying something different. Amen? Amen? As we are to answer for ourselves before who? God. Now, God does have an established order now, and if, as long as they're in harmony with the Word, that's fine. But brothers and sisters in many churches of the, uh, Christianity today, if the pastor says it, if these counseling men say it, therefore it must be truth but you gotta read for yourself, amen? Amen. Because God can give you some help to help them straighten up. We should exert all the powers of the mind, this is from Great Controversy, page 599, in the study of the scriptures and should act tax the understanding to the comprehend as far as mortal cans the deep thoughts or the deep things of God, yet we must not forget that the docility or the humility and the submission of a what? Is the true spirit of the what? In order to come to that word, you gotta be childlike in your attitude. Do you understand this right here? Because if you come with a grown up attitude, you will philosophize the very simple truths away. Because a child will call it as they see it. Are you with me? You can't hide it. Are you with me? Watch this right here. Scriptural difficulties can never be mastered by the same methods that are employed in grappling with what kind of problems? Are you understanding right here? We should not engage in the study of the Bible with that self-reliance. I'm going to say self-reliance. With which so many enter the domains of science. That's the reason why you got, and it's sad, you got evidence that don't believe in true creation. Are you with me? Have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. She says... But with a prayerful dependence upon God and a sincere desire to learn his will, we must come with a humble and teachable spirit to obtain knowledge from the great I am. Otherwise, evil angels will so blind our minds and harden our hearts that we should not be impressed by the truth. The Pharisees had no desire to change. They thought they was God. And therefore, when the word came and spoke to them, their hearts were blinded and their our hearts were hardened and their eyes were blinded to wear. Even though Ellen White says they believed he was everything he said he was, they still crucified him. Even though we believe that this is the truth, we can still crucify the truth in the last days. That's the reason why we got to be humble like children. As I bring this to a close, I need three volunteers. How many volunteers? To read me three scriptures. I need a volunteer to read this first verse right here, this verse, and this verse. How to study the Bible. I need three volunteers. I have about seven minutes left. I need three quick volunteers. How to study the word of God. Brother, um, brother Trujillo, I want you to read Isaiah 28, verse 13. Is there another one? Another, another volunteer. My brother here, I want you to read uh, Luke 24, 27. And let's just do the front row. And I want you, my brother, to read 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 20. Brother Trujillo, read Isaiah 20, 28, 13. No, you don't need a microphone. Okay, yes, give him a microphone. And let's make sure, let's speed this up. Okay, this is 2813. Yes. And uh, bread, corn is bruised. 2813? Oh, I mean, I okay, sorry about that. That's <laughs> okay. All right, uh, but the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Precept upon they, what? Upon precepts of that. Line upon what? Here a little and there a little. When you're reading the Bible, when you're reading a topical subject, what happens is one verse does not explain the whole picture. Daniel 8.14 says, Unto 2,300 what? Then shall the sanctuary be what? Which sanctuary is he talking about? Is it about the earthly or the heavenly? Okay, so where do you get the heavenly from? What book do you go to? You go to Hebrews chapter eight, where the Bible says, "For Jesus is the minister of the sanctuary, which the Lord pitched, and not man." So what happens is you're doing line upon what, unto two thousand and three hundred days. Are these some literal days? But if you stop with that, you think it really is. So where do we go to to unlock the days? What book do we go to? Ezekiel four six and Numbers fourteen thirty four, where it says each day equals a what, a year. So this is how you do it. Amen. Oh, I wish I had more time to get into that. Next person, Luke 24, 27. Luke 24, 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Ooh, one good thing in Bible studies, begin where at what? Begin where? At Moses in the beginning and all the what? Jesus was a systematic student of the word of God. He was a systematic theologian, systematically showing from the beginning, all through the scriptures, the thoughts leading to himself. That tells me that Jesus knew the word. What do you say out there? So when you're doing a Bible study, always begin where? At Moses and all the what? The beginning and go all the way to the end. That's just a good rule of thought. You can change it up as God leads you. But let me tell you this right here. Every true doctrine is centered in Christ and his creation. What do you say out there? To see His creative power in transforming the heart. Last scripture, First, Peter, First Peter, one twenty. First Peter, one twenty. Who verily was foreordained. 2 Second Peter, chapter one, verse twenty. That's my fault. Second Peter, one twenty. Oh, yes, that's my fault. Typo over here. <laughs> second Peter, chapter one and verse twenty. Knowing no know, Second uh, Peter uh, chapter one, chapter one, verse twenty. Knowingly, this first that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. No prophecy of the what is of any private what. When you do it the way Christ did, line upon line, and precept upon what, Hear little and there little, by the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Key point, before you read and study the Bible, pray for understanding and illumination. When you do that, the Spirit of God will help you. My next to last is right here. Let's look at some study helps for a minute. In order to get some good um, food for your thought, you can get yourself a good, strong, exhaustive concordance with Hebrew and Greek dictionaries, and that will help you understand the words that are written in English that you get hidden meanings from. And number two, amazingfacts.org. This is what did it for me, brothers and sisters. The Amazing Facts Bible Studies, they have a thing, they have a a, a section there called Free Stuff. What kind of stuff? It used to cost me a dollar when I used to live in D.C. I used to go to the ABC bookstore and buy all the Bible studies, all the Joe Cruz books. And that's what helped me with my understanding of the Bible. The Amazing Facts Bible Studies is a good place to go to. And what you can do is take your Bible, get a highlighter, whether it's pink or yellow or blue or green, and you can compare Scripture with Scripture with the interpretation and highlight it. And before you know it, in a matter of months, your Bible will be highlighted all over. And let me tell you something. When you get Bible studies, God will flash those truths back to your mind. Another one is widestate.org, the writings of the spirit of prophecy. We cannot lightly we cannot lightly esteem the writings and the role of Ellen White in Bible study. And I teach um, gift of prophecy and prophetic guidance at Oakwood. And I tell my students that this class. Gift of Prophecy and SDA Beliefs are the two most important classes you'll ever take while you're here at Oakwood. Why? Because, let me tell you this right here, that no matter what your major is, no matter what walk of life you're in, if you understand the truth that God's given to us as a people and have a true righteousness by faith experience and have a good grasp of the spirit of prophecy, no matter what your major is, God can use you to bring souls to the cross. And last but not least, SabbathTruth.org. Let me tell you. Some years ago, I gave a, a friend of mine this website to so just read. This website didn't say one word about the Sabbath. Two days later, she came back and said, "I'm going to go to the Seventh Day Adventist Church." Amen. It's so powerful now. You don't even have to even open your mouth. Just give some websites out. And for those, and I'm kind of like skipping towards Sunday's message. But let me tell you, if you have a Facebook account, who doesn't have a who has a Facebook account besides myself? Raise both your hands. Amen. All right, who has more than 1,000 friends? All right, okay, who has at least 500 friends? Okay, anyway, all right, what you do is this. You can use your Facebook page as a witnessing tool. Amen? Amen. Just put sabbatruth.org, say read this right here. Tell me what you think. And you know what? Somebody will read it, amen? And they'll say they like that. Let's go on. And when you read the Bible, as you read that word, and you have heard from the audience chamber, from the infinite one, You can get on your knees and pray amen and then you can pray and ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit amen this is where we need to be at the feet of Jesus at his word you see this power and glory coming on him that's him receiving his daily anointing of the Holy Spirit and Ellen White says that every day Christ received the daily baptism of the Spirit of God Ellen G. White says that children ought to receive a daily baptism of the Spirit Ellen White also says that seven-day Adventist ministers are to receive a daily baptism of the Spirit. And that's the case we're all ministers for God, what do you say out there? We're all God's children, so every day as we come to the study of His Word, we can pray for His Spirit. Let's all kneel and get our baptism right now. Let's get baptized. Amen? Amen. Let's get wet with the Holy Spirit. And as we close, I want you to repeat after me. Our Father which art in heaven, I cannot give my heart of myself. I give you permission to take my heart and empty it of self. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Illuminate my mind with the Holy Spirit that I may do the works of Christ. As I understand and obey the scriptures. Thank you, Lord God, for giving me your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.